Hello out there, and welcome back to the GamecockScoop.com podcast, the official podcast of GamecockScoop.com on Rivals. I'm Caleb, joined by Alan, and we're going to talk a little bit of everything today. We're very much, I believe you call it crossover season. We're right. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, what it is. Yeah, so uh, baseball is opening this weekend. We're in the midst of the SEC schedule for men's and women's basketball. Obviously, the women still have a long way to go uh, with their NCAA tournament champion aspirations. Um, and then spring football is also right around the corner, and we're in the dead heat of recruiting season and all that fun stuff. So um, if you want to go back to the past few episodes, you can hear me talk a little bit about each of the recruits that have uh, verbally committed to South Carolina in the last few weeks. You can also go to GameCotScoop.com to uh, look at some of that, but we haven't had one in a week for the first time in a, in a minute. Um, so that was a little quiet. Um, there was some rumblings on Twitter that O-line target Blake Franks was going to commit on the 20th, which I believe is his mother's birthday. Um, and... I wrote yesterday in my weekly recruiting wrap-up, which actually goes through the whole uh, hot board for the offense of 2024, if you want to go check that out on GameCockScoop.com. I wrote uh, yesterday about the Blake Frakes thing. One, I didn't say that he was committing the 20th because I hadn't verified that. I don't know who was verifying that, but I hadn't verified that myself. Um, but uh, two, that if he was going to commit soon, that I felt pretty good about where South Carolina stands, but if it's going to be you know a little more delayed it's still anyone's game but i do think it's pretty much between clemson and south carolina um we've talked about before that he seems to have been impressed with how hard south carolina is pursuing him um even though he was definitely a clemson lean when uh the recruiting battle started so um in my opinion i think south carolina has just outworked clemson to this point but there's still a long way to go if he's not gonna commit in the next few days so uh, I don't think, you know, that's necessarily over. But, yeah, obviously he's one of the big targets um, left on the board, especially in-state targets. And then uh, O'Lyman Josiah Thompson, also a big target. I have a future cast in for Thompson. Kind of staying pat here on the Franks thing for right now because I'm not sure yet which way that one's going to go. Um, but, yeah, uh, if you want to keep up with some 2024 recruiting, go check out the weekly recruiting wrap-up that I posted last night on GameCockScoop.com, and then next week I'll, I'll kind of break down the defensive hot board um, and where I think things stand on all those things. Um, other football notes, uh, Perry McCarty is doing a pre-spring depth chart breakdown of each position. Already done quarterback and running back, which is probably the two easiest on offense at the moment. Um, Juju McDowell probably... I You know, he's not going to carry the load at running back, but if nothing changes, it's going to get a ton of work and Mario Anderson, probably the lead back. Yeah. Mario Anderson Jr. also going to get a good bit of work. But like I've said several times, it won't surprise me if they look to the portal, if possible, in the sp after spring practice and everything um, for one more depth piece there. Um, yeah, we'll continue to talk some offseason football stuff. I kind of want to talk about some of the storylines heading into spring camp but we'll we'll do that next week um so be sure to tune in for that because there's plenty going on in the other sports right now um men's basketball since we last talked had a away victory at Ole Miss for their second SEC victory of the year looked pretty good but one of the surprising things 
from that um, was that Gigi Jackson started his, at that point, second straight game on the bench, um, came off the bench, scored five points, got 12 minutes. Played 12 minutes, yeah. And only four um, in the second half, I think, is the bigger thing there. Yeah, and really when the when the game was still um, up in the air, he was not on the floor. Um, and, and really, I think not the wrong decision, uh, especially with the way Jacoby Wright was playing in that particular game. Um, and then, you know, he there was some questions about his attitude as the team went down the stretch there. A lot of like, you know, sitting lazily on the bench. Uh, for better or worse, he's, you know, a five-star highest ranked recruit in program history, whatever. So obviously when South Carolina is playing, especially a below 500 both teams in that scenario, below 500 in the SEC, um, the camera and the announcers are going to focus in on the most interesting storyline. And the most interesting storyline is your star player pouting on the bench while yeah coming back to win. He didn't help himself there. Uh, that's kind of – we're going to talk a little bit more about it too because there was more on Tuesday. But the untying your shoelaces on the bench thing was kind of the one that got me. That was kind of the, okay, I'm not coming back in this game. I know they're not going to ask me to. I don't really care anymore. I I hesitate to put words in anyone's mouth, but we all saw him untie his shoes while the game was still going on on the bench. Um, and he did it yeah. again Tuesday. Yeah, so it's been it's been interesting, right? So if, if we talked a little bit about this in the last couple of weeks, but it goes all the way back to, where was the game? that he Tennessee. Got yeah, the home game against Tennessee. Um, kind of hit a bit of a freshman wall there uh, as a lot of teams would against Tennessee. They're very good. Um, and he didn't react well, but then the next game against Missouri, he came off the bench, had one of the better games of his season. Well, you missed the Instagram live, and that was after the Arkansas game was what kind of started this latest spell. Right, right, right. That's okay. That's what I was thinking of actually. Um, so Arkansas close loss. Um, Gigi Jackson sort of feels like, uh, he should have been the one to take the last shot and a two point loss um, goes to Instagram live, but then things supposedly kind of got smoothed over. He came out with an apology on Twitter, which we talked about. Um, he started the next game against Missouri on the bench, but came off the bench, had one of his best games of his uh, season of his career. Um, and it kind of felt like, okay, like we've righted the ship, whatever attitude thing was going on. Um, but then, yeah, uh, against Ole Miss starts on the bench. We assume that he's going to come off the bench and kind of respond the way he did, uh, before, but, and then, uh, on what Tuesday, Tuesday against Vanderbilt at home, same scenario starts on the bench, tries to come off the bench and doesn't get anything going in either of those scenarios. And then quickly the attitude kind of, um, showed it's reared its ugly head again. So I guess my question to you is, do you feel like, like, there's only a few uh, SEC games left, and then he's probably, I don't know, is he going to go off to the NBA? But he's seemingly probably hurting his chances or hurting his stock a little bit. He'll still get drafted, but, I mean, at one point, he kind of looked like he might be a lottery-level pick. Um, or does he transfer, try somewhere else? Do you think that there's any way to salvage it here? Do you think there's any way to salvage it down the stretch of this season? Uh, I'm going to start with the last one. No, I don't think it's salvageable here. A, you look at the record. I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. They've got five regular season games left, plus at least one game in the SEC tournament. So at least six games left, probably only six, if we're being honest. Um, 
no, I don't think there is any way back. And the other, the other piece for me too, about all of this that I think is getting overlooked a little bit, people are talking about, uh, you know, attitude or talking about the bench. They're talking about his body language. All right. When he's actually on the court, things are noticeably worse for South Carolina. And that's just a fact. Um, he played 16 minutes against Vanderbilt and they were outscored 41 to 11 in those minutes. Um, he's a minus 30 in less than a half of basketball. Um, I know plus minus isn't everything. You can't say, oh, if they hadn't played GG at all, they would have won by 19. I guess they were plus 19 when he was off the court. Like, I know that's not how it works, but there is a pretty clear night and day at this point where they're better without him on the court. Um, and you can put that at whatever reason you want to put it to, but it's a fact. And when you combine that with everything else going on, I don't think there's any reason to start him or really almost pay a lot of attention to him. If you're Lamont at this point, I'd kind of let him tire himself out for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? Um, Cause he's still got his own players to coach and manage and players who are going to be here next year. Yeah. And this is something that we talked about when it first sort of cropped up is like, I ideally several of the contributors from this team come back next year play for Paris again. Um, and then, you know, you add pieces in the portal, add pieces uh, in recruiting. So um, you're, it's really in your best interest to not care too much about the guy that's got one foot out the door. Um, at the same time, uh, it could hurt that recruiting effort in the future uh, with potential stars or whatever, because people are going to use this to negatively recruit Lamont Paris and South Carolina and the way that they handle you know, these sorts of situations. Um, so I can definitely see an argument either way. Um, and I, I don't know, like I'm not, I don't think that Paris has necessarily handled things the wrong way. Um, I do have a little bit of sympathy for Gigi Jackson being so young and, and so much being put on his shoulders as a freshman uh, in that scenario or whatever. And when he hit the wall, he hit the wall and you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle since then. Um, but at the same time, it, he does come across kind of like uncoachable and or at least on camera, right? It's like, we don't know anything. And, and hopefully uh, the media requested to speak to Gigi Jackson. Yeah. Later today. We were just told we're getting players after practice today. We haven't been told which players or how many players, but we'll see. We'll stay tuned on Gamecock scoop and our social media accounts. Um, Alan underscore Cole and at rivals Gamecock. We'll have some updates later today with whatever that is. Again, and that's that's sort of tough, right? Because we haven't really heard his perspective on it uh, in the media at all. Um, if I'm South Carolina's athletic department, I don't know that I give him the mic either. So it's it, it's kind of tough. Um, obviously, we'll see what happens. <laughs> obviously, like us in the media would like to talk to him and, and see what he what he has to say about what's been going on. Um, but yeah, all we really have to go on in, is his body language in games. Um, and you know his stat line <laughs> and uh neither are looking very good over the last several games um do you think he starts saturday at lsu i don't think there's any chance that he starts um you th okay maybe the better question do you think he starts another game the rest of the season so that's i mean i guess that was my question to you a second ago too was like is there a way to salvage this i think that there's a path if everyone can get on the same page, he comes off the bench for a couple games, plays well, plays hard, um, roots his teammates on while he's on the bench, whatever, um, that 
by the end of the season, he's starting again and everything's hunky dory, but that's getting late. There's only five games left. Exactly. That's a, he's the, the path has gotten pretty tough. I thought that was going to be the path coming off of the Missouri game and the way that he responded in that. And then it has just never fully materialized. Um, So, yeah, like I said, we're speculating a lot because we don't have a ton of tangible stuff. We have the Instagram live, which he was very upset in. We have his Twitter uh, apology. We have um, him retweeting something after, I believe it's the Ole Miss win, which is not a great look. He retweeted basically um, something about the the fans being there when you're winning. And yeah, you know, there was and liked like, another but, comment about like him only getting 12 minutes to. Right. Um, which, that's a that's a road SEC win. <laughs> your second of the season, um, and your post game, you know, social media response at least is seemingly about the individual or whatever. Um, so yeah, I that that we're stringing together all these things, but I do hope that maybe we get a little bit more clarity either from him or from Paris or from both uh, later this afternoon. It's all you can really look for at this point. And for the team, um, we talked last week about this three game stretch of winnable games, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, LSU, that you had to get one of those and that two would be great. All right. You're one and one. Now you split the first two. You got one more against an LSU team. That's lost 13 games in a row right now. Um, so a chance to get a win Saturday in Baton Rouge and you take two out of three in that stretch and close your eyes and pray with Bama and Tennessee next week on the schedule. <laughs> uh, yeah, it might be your last chance uh, for a win on the season unless you get a lucky draw in the SEC tournament or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and that Vandy game, if we want to talk about the actual game for a second, um, went pretty similar to a lot of these home SEC games that we've seen get out of hand early uh, that to their credit, they did battle back. They were down by, I believe nine with about a minute and a half left. Um, almost got a steal that would have made it interesting if they knocked down a shot right there. Instead, uh, I believe Brandon, Braden Davis, was that his name? That's the quarterback you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, Davis uh, on the basketball team. Oh, Zach Davis? Zach Davis. Got there you called. go. Yeah, got called for a foul. Um, it was a little bit questionable or whatever, but, you know, it, it's late game. There's uh, a guy who's played pretty point. well lately. Yeah. They're kind of using him in that zone a lot. They're playing one three one when he's out there. He's been a uh, really good on-ball defender for yeah. sure. He's causing a lot of steals and, when, and turnovers, and when he's not causing them, he's still ca- causing just, like, turmoil and people having to get off their game a little bit. one three one has been working for them uh, a good bit. Um but yeah, Vandy started off that game really hot, made like four threes in the first. Yeah, minutes. they scored 15 points in a row pretty early, and that kind of just flatlined things. Um, and then, yeah, it was just kind of a battle to get back into that. I don't I mean, I think Vandy's probably a better team than South Carolina. Um, so this final score probably looks about like it would uh, nine times out of 10. Um, but. You know, I, I didn't think they played terrible in the especially in the second half after getting off to such a slow start. And yeah, very winnable game in Baton Rouge. Um, a more fun thing to talk about. Speaking of LSU, yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about the atmosphere at that game on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we had been hyping it up really since the preseason. Um, Angel Reese versus Aaliyah Boston. Uh, even though you know it's not just those two players, but 
Um, There's really only one player if we're going to be honest about what happened <laughs> there. But yeah, so break break that down a little bit. Um, I uh, saw you know the the post game highlights and stuff, but I actually didn't get to watch it live. But by all accounts, uh, Colonial Life Arena was rocking, and uh, the it was it, it kind of went as we previewed that it might that it just kind of spiraled because LSU hadn't really been tested like that, especially on a ro- in a road game. Yeah, I actually really do believe, you know, people say this all the time to talk about, you know, sixth player or whatever, 12th man in football, that crowd had an impact on the game. You, South Carolina gets out to an 18 to two lead. They're flying out of the gates. They scored six points in the first three possessions and LSU had to take a quick timeout. Um, and I thought LSU looked out of it for about a quarter and a half. Um, I, th- I thought the big play there that it was kind of a, you've lost focus, you're not where your head's supposed to be. Angel Reese picked up her second foul and had to sit for a little bit. That second foul was 60 feet from the basket in her own hat and, you know, in the front court on like a very simple, like outlet pass up the court, like nothing, no reason to foul right in front of the ref. It was kind of uh, playing in a big game, not as experienced in big games, although she played in some at Maryland, uh, lost your head a little bit. And I thought LSU had a few of those. Um, they were in foul trouble all day. Give South Carolina credit for that. Um, and yeah, just on the atmosphere, we're going to get to some game stuff in a sec that 10 out of 10, 12 out of 10, that's, that's what it's supposed to look like for a big game in any sport. Uh, it was completely sold out. I got there 45 minutes before the doors opened and there was a line past the Asia Wilson statue to get in. Anyone who's been to colonial life arena knows what I'm talking about. That's not a short line. Um, it was awesome. It's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, and now you can definitely seriously start to talk about the potential of an undefeated season. Um, I was just looking because I actually wasn't sure. Uh, there's been nine undefeated women's basketball national champions. Um, of course, several of those are UConn. Um, and then Baylor, Tennessee, and Texas all have one as well. Um, what do you think? I mean, what's the biggest like potential stumbling block down the stretch of the regular season at least? Um remaining for them uh you got four regular season games left i think it's got to be you're talking about a stumbling block at tennessee a week from tonight that is a underachieving tennessee team right now but it's still a very talented one um and that's never an easy road game to go to knoxville um obviously that's that's a really great program that's they're tough at home i don't think they've lost a home league game yet i believe they're undefeated in sec play in knoxville so south carolina goes there a week from tonight got two more games before that but if you know if you had to pinpoint one of these last four that they would be most likely to trip in on the road at Tennessee, it's Tennessee's senior night one week from tonight. Um, that would be the one I think. Yeah, and if you're looking at the the last four games, like South South Carolina has a two game lead essentially now. Uh, yeah, you got a game plus SEC a tiebreaker. Standings. It's pretty hard to see a scenario where they don't end up winning the regular season crown for the for SEC championship. I guess the only scenario is you somehow stumble against Ole Miss or Georgia. I know I'm already writing off Florida, but um, and then you lose to Tennessee and Tennessee goes undefeated so that they have a tiebreaker. Yeah, you'd create, I guess in that scenario, you'd create a possible three-way tie if LSU lost again to someone. If all three of those teams right. had two losses. Uh, just win. That's kind of where it is. It starts tonight with Florida. Um Shouldn't be too much of a challenge. Did you have a little bit of size? I'm interested to see how that goes. This might be more of a guard-heavy game tonight. 
Um, it's Don was talking yesterday about how Florida really likes to post up. They actually they're one of the few teams with size that can kind of compete with South Carolina, but obviously a big talent differential there and a big depth differential too, which played again Sunday. South Carolina's bench was big. Camilo Cardoso scored 16 in the second half. Um, nothing else you could do about it. Yeah. Um, so if you look nas- nationally, I mean, Indiana, UConn, Stanford. I still it? think it's Stanford. Just yeah. having watched the game I watched in November, the way Stanford matches up with them, it's really matchups. That's everything. Um, styles make fights, as they say. And Stanford, they've got that big play. Players like Cam Brink, they've got Hannah Jump. They can they can kind of match South Carolina both on the backcourt and the front court. And I haven't seen anyone else this year do that, UConn included, LSU included. So that would be the one I'm looking at still um, is Stanford. Uh, but like I said, right now it's just – it, as Don would tell you, it's Florida. That's it. It's Florida day. They're playing the Gators tonight at CLA. And that's kind of all they have to focus on now. And then you move on to Ole Miss Sunday. And what I still think is the biggest hurdle between them and an undefeated season at Tennessee next Thursday. Yeah. And if you get this one together, then you can, I think, start talking about dynasty and start talking about some of the long-term ramifications for this. I think you join that list that I just mentioned of teams that have actually gone undefeated and, you know, one back-to-back title. They'd be the first team on this campus with three national titles, right? Because baseball's got two. Do any of the non-rev sports have three? Is there, like, tra- track maybe? Did they get to three? That's a good question. I mean, track definitely has some individual okay. titles that might add up to more than that, but I don't know if they have team, team titles. titles that add up to more than that. Does soccer have one women's soccer? I don't think anyone one? else has three. I know yeah. I mean, I know baseball has two, obviously, the back-to-back. Um I think yeah. that, that would be right. And then I was looking at UConn's run, which they've had a couple of runs, right? Um, from 22, 2002 to 2004, they won three straight. And then from 2013 to 2016, they won four straight. Um, so, you know, that like run of national championships in a row, if you get that second one, starts to become a, a talking point. Um, and yeah, just whether or not Don Staley wants to stay here for the long haul or if she starts to look at other opportunities um, where that would be WNBA NBA. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> all I'd um all I'd say for South Carolina fans um this was something Dawn said yesterday she was kind of asked what's still left for the regular season um and she was kind of like she said she's savoring this she's never had a group of players quite like this this is the latest they've ever been in a season undefeated she didn't say that but I'm saying it. it's true um, it's going to look different next year. I still think they're going to be very good, but you're not going to have Boston here. You're not going to have Saxon here. Probably not Cook. Um, this is going to look different next year. And even you look at tonight, a game they should probably win by 30 or 40. Well, savor it. There's not that many games left with this team, and that's one of the greatest teams on any sport in the history of this school. So if you're a South Carolina fan, enjoy this. These are the good times. There's more time for stress and anxiety when the tournament comes, but as Dawn said, right now, savor it because there's not that many games left for this team. No, and I do think it's good for the overall athletics program, even if you don't care that much about women's basketball, uh, to have them be so dominant in the headlines all the time, right? Like, I mean, they've led on Sports Center several times. Washington Post, big feature yesterday about South Carolina women's basketball. It, it's everywhere, and, and it should be. Yeah, so getting the brand out there and, uh, you know, success, I think, also in some ways fosters success. Like, you, 
see that it's achievable with one program on a major scale, um, then that can start to become the expectation a little bit uh, more or whatever. It's it's kind of too, and you know, I'm definitely not trying to imply that Lamont Paris is going to start a dynasty. But Dawn Staley went 10 and 18 her first year at South Carolina. She didn't make the tournament until year four. Um, again, I'm not trying to say Lamont's struggles this year mean he's on the same track. Like, don't get me twisted there. But it does take time. Um, and if anybody knows about a first year at South Carolina where nothing really went right, it's Dawn. Yeah, no doubt. Um, let's start to transition a little bit into baseball, unless you have anything else on basketball nope just enjoy it that's all i would say all right opening day is upon us uh or it's tomorrow Tomorrow, Um, what's i haven't even looked at the weather are we supposed to have some beautiful weather this weekend is it gonna feel like baseball Mm, i haven't looked at saturday or sunday rain tomorrow morning we should knock on wood be clear by four o'clock tomorrow um which is when first pitch is scheduled for so i don't know if it'll be beautiful but we should be able to play yeah, totally. And then we got our starting pitchers announced earlier this week. So for Friday, we're expecting Will Sanders. For Saturday, we're expecting Noah Hall. And for Sunday, we're expecting Jack Mahoney, uh, which is great news. Uh, we talked a little bit when we were doing some early season previews um, about the injury struggles at pitcher, especially. I mean, Jack Mahoney was a big part of that. Uh, good to see him come all the way back and get to start uh, on the Sunday of this opening series. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what you're all looking at here. Um, I know we're going to talk about other stuff, but the strength of this team, I've got a big baseball preview coming for y'all, probably a two-parter today and tomorrow, but it's starting pitching. That is the strength of this team. I mean, Will Sanders is going to be a first-round draft pick. Uh, he's incredible. He was all, he was amazing last year, obviously. Um, he's on all the watch lists, you know, Golden Spikes Award, and I think he was a second-team All-American preseason. Um, that's, that's a legitimate Friday guy in the SEC, and Noah Hall, Kind of similar. He was really good last year. He was a big part of keeping them in a lot of games. And then you got Mahoney. And we don't know what the midweek situation is yet. We have Mark Kingston available in less than an hour now. Maybe he'll reveal some more then. Um, But this is going to be, if everybody stays healthy, again, knock the wood, this is going to be one of the better rotations in the SEC and therefore in the country, I would think. Yeah, and then if we want to talk about the opponent a little bit, I mean, <laughs> uh, definitely an inferior, inferior opponent, but uh, they're playing UMass Lowell. Um, I have been to that campus. Uh, it's not quite as pretty as UMass Amherst. But Give me uh, one fact about UMass Lowell that people don't know, as you're a Northeast guy. Uh, I don't know one off the top of my head, but I do know some stuff about their program. So they are the Riverhawks. I'm going to see the Riverhawks come into town. Um, they are projected to finish second in the American East conference, uh, behind Binghamton, which I don't even know where that is. Um, and, uh, the coach has been there for 18 years. So, uh, he's definitely sort of built up the program and built himself a nice little niche up there. Um, even though, like I said, definitely an inferior opponent. Um, they have made four NCAA tournament appearances uh, in his 18 years there. Um, so not completely inept as far as program goes, but small school. And then you get the compounding um, 
problem of it is February 16th in New England right now. So they have not, <laughs> they have not practiced outside at all. I can almost guarantee you. They're probably, they had a practice today at Founders Park is what I was yeah. told. So that's their first, like they had a workout today at the stadium. They took a bus down here, by the way. Wow. Uh, 15 hours is what I was told. Um, yeah. And you get, imagine getting a 15 hour bus ride. Then you get to get off the bus and face a first round draft pick uh, on Friday. Will Sanders. Yeah, if you're looking for people uh, to know on UMass Lowell, there's probably not a ton of people, but uh, there's a transfer from Virginia Tech called Frentz Ginther. Uh, he's their shortstop. Uh, last season, he led UMass Lowell on home runs with 11, hit 290. Um, and then the starting pitchers they released, um, I mean, they're probably going to start a freshman um, on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, saw that. So that's going to be interesting. Um, and then Keevan and Becker is who they used last season on weekends. So we kind of expect they might be out there again at some point this uh, weekend. But yeah, so um, what are you looking for this weekend in a game that South Carolina definitely overmatches their opponent um, and, you know, shouldn't lose? I mean, at the very least, shouldn't lose the series, but probably shouldn't lose a game in the series. Um, what, what are, what are you expecting? What are you looking for? Um, I know we have several transfers, several of them from Clemson, including a new hitting coach, um, in my Um, so, uh, and we've talked before about if things kind of go South, that that'll be an interesting storyline to watch, but, uh, specifically, what are you interested in this weekend? Um, we just talked about it, but Mahoney for sure. I mean, he hasn't pitched since 2021 season, at least not in a game. Um, I would imagine they're going to take it very light with him just because obviously he hasn't pitched in so long. I would imagine he'll be on a pitch count, but I do want to see Mahoney. That's a start on Sunday. Um, and then I kind of just, this isn't really in-game stuff, but I kind of want to see what the lineup looks like, especially the, as you get later in the weekend. I mean, you've got four different guys who've been kind of rotating at catcher all through the preseason. I would imagine at least two of those different guys, maybe three different ones start this weekend. So you want to see who's back there. Um Got a battle at first base, too. I think it's going to be Gavin Casas, the transfer from Vanderbilt, but we don't know. Um, I really just want to see who Kingston plays where. We've heard a lot of maybe Michael Braswell is going to move to third. Obviously, you've got McGillis to transfer in at second base now, which is where he played a lot of last year, and you keep Wimmer at short. So we'll see if Braswell ends up playing third base. And I kind of just want to see who plays where as much as anything, especially catcher. I'm really looking at that, considering they have four guys they seem pretty comfortable with back there. Yeah, um, for me, I kind of hope they end up in a at least one tight ball game going into the ninth, so we can see who they roll out at closer. Good call. Um, and it may be Eli Jerzenbeck or someone else. Either way, I'd like to see uh, Jerzenbeck come out of the bullpen at some point over the weekend and see what he's got. I just I we've heard so much about him. Like I talked about it last time. Like everyone keeps telling us he's the best freshman pitcher in the country. And like he might be, I'm not saying he's not going to be, but I need to, we need to watch. Like we've been, it's like Bigfoot. We've been hearing about it since September. Like can we get, get him in a game. Yeah. So I I'm looking forward to that. And I am interested to see what they do with Braswell. I mean, you mentioned maybe playing him at third, that could be an option, but I mean, he came out of the gate so hot last season uh, and then hit his freshman wall or whatever. Um, assuming that he's, you know, had a good off season, put in all the work, whatever. He just seemed like he had so much potential that I can't imagine that he's not going to find a place somewhere um, unless he just never gets over that freshman wall. But 
Uh, I just I, I didn't see that for him. I don't know. There was a lot of hype for sure last season with him. So I think the best fits third if they want McGillis playing second base, which I think they do. Um, do you have any? I know this isn't on our sheet. Like I don't have any like over under set or like props like we did for football. But what's your kind of final take prediction on this season? Yeah. So you'll have to remind me. I know there's thirty. SEC. 30 SEC games. I think there's I'm not asking for a specific record so yeah. much, or you can for the SEC games. I think it's 56 total regular season, but 30 SEC. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they overachieved despite the schedule. Um, I'm going to call like a 17 and 13 SEC schedule. That comfortably like that. gets you in a regional. You're probably not hosting at 17, but you could if you have a really good non-con. Yeah, it depends on who you beat. depends on if you show up in the SEC tournament, which they have struggled uh, at doing that. Even going back to the racing Tanner years, haven't particularly played well in the SEC tournament. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think that they comfortably are in the NCAA tournament. I think that they are pushing to host. Um, and then if things fall right, you know, maybe you host, a you get to a super and, you know, see where things go. Um, I think that saves his job kingston's job yes i would agree with that if they at least you know uh i would say i don't know what second in a regional and make it to sunday uh yeah i I think once you get into that point you're kind of talking semantics how did the weekend go was there a weird like you're talking about a lot was did somebody get injured you're you're kind of right on the cut line there right so you're kind of looking at kind of the the fringes and the margins i think they make it last season if they don't have the pitching injuries so if they can stay healthy uh there and um you know sort of get the the hitting going which i do think monty lee will make a difference there i think i mean it's gonna of, have to <laughs> yeah i mean it was it, it can only go up right they finished uh at the last in the sec and almost everything exactly um so yeah if you pitch as well as you did last season get a little bit better uh hitting wise i think yeah you should have a better season so um I don't know if that fully answers your question or if we need to break down a specific category or whatever. I didn't, I didn't, you know, we did football. We did all these over unders on sacks and, you know, touchdowns or whatever. I didn't have any of those lined up. I mean, do you have any, like I'd ask you who's going to lead the team in strikeouts. It's probably going to be Will Sanders innings pitch, probably Will Sanders. Like uh, you hope it is at least that means he stayed healthy. Uh, I don't know. Who do you think is going to lead this team in homers? You got a, you got one name in, yeah, was it Wimmer last year? It was Wimmer last year, I think, and I'm it's probably saying that it to be Wimmer again. Um, so uh, he'll be right in that sweet spot, second or third in the lineup, probably maybe fourth. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that that would be my guess. That's the easy guess, but that would be my guess. Um, I do expect to see um, Michael Braswell, you know, hit the ball a little bit better. Uh, Carson Hornig probably probably be in that top category offensively or whatever. Um, but yeah, Wimmer would be the the safest bet, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And that's I'm just ready for the weekend. I just want to see how it looks. I mean, last year was so bad. So many. I mean, there's a quote. Um, it'll be in my full story. Um, like I said, either today or tomorrow. Uh, Jack Mahoney at Media Day just said last year was four under this program. It can't happen again. Um, it just doesn't happen around here. And it doesn't. He's right. Um, I think everybody in that program understands the urgency, understands what last year was, what this year can't be. 
Um, and more than anybody else, Mark Kingston definitely understands that. Um, it's going to be an interesting year. Yeah. And like I said, I fully expect um, if things do go sideways at all, um, all of the Clemson connections, uh, including uh, Kingston's daughter goes to Clemson or went to Clemson. Um, I think uh, that plus the transfers and Monty Lee and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And also, like, if you do move on from Kingston, does Monty Lee just get like the benefit of the doubt and slide right into there? Can you actually I keep him if he's on the same half and you he, fire I don't, Kingston? It's an interesting. That's uh, not really a game I want to play on February yeah. 16th, but I don't think that would happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to see a path where it would, but I know it's just uh, bad optics. You're hiring yeah. the head coach. Clemson just fired. Totally. Um, but yeah, you've had pretty crazy week here. You had a, home women's basketball game on Sunday. You got another one tonight against Florida, which we didn't really talk about, but uh, expecting South Carolina to win that one pretty handily. I uh, had a home men's basketball game versus Vandy, and then you got this home series uh, for baseball all weekend. So. We are dialed in. GameCockScoop.com. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, so uh, join us all weekend for that. You got the first game on Friday at 4 p.m., uh, Saturday at 2 p.m., and Sunday at 1.30 p.m. Uh, Alan will be on site for all three, uh, live thread for all three, and then some post-game coverage for all three. Um, and then we'll have you covered for men's basketball at LSU on Saturday and women's basketball at Ole Miss on Sunday as well. So uh, tune in to GameCocksGroup.com. And until next time, this has been the GameCocksGroup.com podcast. We'll see you later. <laughs>